Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Hi, this is Linda Pinizzato of the Condo Expert, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing, here at the studio at the Hayes FM. You know, there was an announcement last week uh, with respect to condo property managers. And, you know, for many years, it was just really called property managers because most of the condo owners out there actually think of it as the property management office when they need to go downstairs and, you know, register a complaint or ask for assistance or even, you know, ask for information uh, with respect to either their condominium or maybe just general things that they've heard about in the news. But uh, it appears as if there seems to be a separation now between the terminologies. So condo manager is is at the forefront, even though most of the property management firms are called property management firms. But it appears as if there may be a move towards separating the identification so that a condo manager is the property manager that strictly deals with condominiums. And as I've discussed in the past, there's a number of different types of condominiums. It's not necessarily a condominium apartment building. You know, people think of condominiums, uh, it's a no-brainer. They think of the uh, the huge skyscrapers in downtown Toronto or in Mississauga. That's what they think of. But that's not always the case because don't forget, condominiums, uh, they have been around for an awful long time. And people can own a condominium unit, which would be in a condo building, They can also own a house that could be in a condominium land setup. In other words, the land is a condominium structure, but the house is not. So you could have that as well. You can also have condominium townhomes. And sometimes people will think, well, a condominium townhome is always going to be within a complex. Interesting enough, sometimes those units could very well be built on the street that is part of the complex. So in other words, it may not have a unit number. However, it is still, and it may look like a freehold because of where it's situated, but it isn't, and it's still part of the condo corporation. I can actually almost think of one complex in particular here in Mississauga, 2315 Brahms Grove, 2395, I think, along Brahms Grove. And they have that sort of a setup where you have to drive in. They have different pockets and they have from numbers one to whatever. And then the numbers say one to 15, for instance, and 16 to whatever, that type of thing. But then they do have condominium townhouses that are actually facing the street. But they are part of the same condominium corporation, although they may not look like a condominium. You know, so the interesting part about this is, is that there are a lot of different types of condominiums. And yes, there is another structure that is known where it would only be the property. So I guess if it's a condo manager, would that actually be correct? That would be something to think about. So I would like to hear your comments. If you could please email Linda Pinizzato. P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at C-O-A-Ontario.com. That would really be information that I could uh, discuss with the Condo Owners Association 
and, you know, take a look as to whether or not it would be the right timing. And does it create confusion on the marketplace if the name between condo owners and property managers changes? We we just want to keep the audience and, you know, the general public alert to the changes. So last week, the minister, uh, Minister Tracy McCharles, made an announcement, and I actually attended the announcement. It was held over at Liberty Landing Restaurant at 9 a.m. in the morning. And uh, interesting enough, the announcement was is that the Ministry of Consumer Services has moved forward now to mandate courses. So property managers or condo managers must have mandated courses now. Now, you know, it is a good step in the right direction. There's no question about that. I mean, anytime that we see some type of changes and particularly changes to obtain more knowledge, especially a field, you know, that uh, a condominium manager, property manager is working in, I think it's extremely important. I mean, how can you improve yourself? How can you offer good services if you don't have good knowledge? So the only thing that we're thinking about, I mean, the Condo Owners Association had a meeting right after the announcement was made. And I think the concern that we have is, is it's great to have knowledge and hopefully people will utilize that knowledge when they're, you know, conducting the operations or providing advice with respect to the operations of a condo corporation. However, it doesn't, it mandates the course, but what does it mandate as far as implementing the knowledge? I mean, I think most of the time, if you're a licensed person, That means that, you know, you have much more credibility because you are licensed. Now, if the mandated courses are part of the licensing, then you would have to hope at that point that, you know, no condo manager or property manager would want to lose their their job or possibly even if you're having licensing for a property management company, they certainly wouldn't want to lose contracts or maybe not be able to function in that business. So I think the interesting part about this is, is that should you not have it hand in hand where the announcement should have been that yes, we are licensing property management companies and property managers through their companies also need to be licensed. And therefore, in order to maintain your license, you need a certain amount of mandated courses in order for you to show that you are qualified to have that type of licensing. Now, interesting enough, because, you know, if you really think about it, I guess you've got a, you know, we we got one question that came to us that evening after the announcement, and it was an interesting question to think about. And what it basically was is, well, that's great, fine and dandy, now that we have uh, mandated courses. Does that mean that we can actually trust the entire system? Does courses mean that it provides a level of trust? Or licensing, does it mean that it provides a level of trust? Which one out of the two would actually give a condo owner the feeling that they are being protected? Or maybe that's the reason why you need to have both entities of that property management or condominium manager entity so that you have the entire mechanism as a licensed mandated course overview for condominium managers. Now, you know, interesting enough, they can only do a property manager, a condominium manager can only do so much. So even though that they're licensed, 
and or they have mandated courses, when they are conducting the affairs of the corporation, they still are at liberty to follow the directions of the board of directors. Now, so if you think about it, now how does that fall if the board of directors are not in compliance and not operating on in compliance to the Condominium Act? And even though new mandates come out and more protection is offered, more governance and accountability is embraced within this new act that the ministry is working on right now with their stakeholders, how does that guarantee that the board of directors, those that are not adhering to the act right now, what does everybody believe? We'd love to hear from the uh, condominium owners. Do you feel that this is going to make a huge impact on the operations of your board of directors. And that's the big question. You see, you can make all the changes in the world, but if that board of directors does not comply to the Condo Act, then how does that protect the condominium owners? And this is one of the big concerns that uh, is, is out there. It's surfacing. And many times when um, the Condo Owners Association receives complaints, and we get numerous, numerous complaints from people. I mean, we've, we've even gotten, we've even received complaints now with respect to board of directors who have allowed common element areas to have private activity going on within their building. And in other words, they've allowed people that are involved in the gym world, special trainers and uh, so on, to be using their amenities in their fitness rooms in order to sell off their expertise to owners. Uh, They've allowed maybe different denominations of churches to be able to use their party rooms. And this is not directly just within that particular building. It's actually open to outside sources. They've allowed... I guess, party rooms to be available for uh, corporations like independent businesses who are not related in any which way to that condominium corporation. They've allowed them to use their amenities because somebody is friends with somebody else. There's been a lot of uh, complaints that have come forward with respect to how much power does a condo owner have if they start believing that there's something wrong in their building? And where do they go if the board does not listen to them? So will the changes in the Condo Act, Building a Better Condo Act, will they actually make a huge difference if we don't take a look at addressing compliance, governance of the board of directors? We'll talk more about this. It's Linda Pinazzato here on The Condo Expert at the Hayes FM, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing. We'll be right back. <music> 